0: The organisers of the protest in Annandale and Eldorado Park, south of Johannesburg, say that they will continue with the protest action until the President, Silver Ramaphosa, and the Gauteng Premier, David Makura, pledge action against crime, gangsterism, and the economic exclusion of South Africa's coloured communities. The protests, as you can recall, started in Westbury, where a mother, Heather Peterson, was fatally shot and a 10-year-old niece wounded. As karma was restored to Annandale, Following the unt- unrest, protests flared up in the neighbouring community of Eldorado Park and so far only two of the ten communities that threatened to join uh, the Gauteng shutdown have been active in disrupting traffic. Jermaine Crighi reports.
1: Residents of Ennerdale have added their voices to those of Westbury in standing against drugs, gangsterism and crime in the communities. They say drugs are too freely available while the police continue to turn a blind eye to drug dealers and drug kingpins. This woman feels hopeless because she has reported the matter a number of times.
2: It's because I live next to in the street of also drug lords. And the saddest thing of all is how many times have I went to the police? that very same police that I go to, I see them coming to collect their share of money. You know, we love with girls, we love with young children, and we are just not safe. So my only thing is, who do we go to? Because even the police cannot help us. The drug lords have the police in their pockets.
1: Additional police and Metro Police officers were deployed when protests spread from Ennardale, spilling over onto the N12 highway. The road has since been reopened to traffic. The police's K. Makubele says residents must not disrupt the lives of law-abiding citizens, and if they are unhappy with the police, this should be reported
0: through the correct channels. Our job is to maintain law and order. If the people they have got uh, uh, complaints, they have to report them to the police station. And if they feel that they don't get joy from the time saving center, they must report them to the station commander as well as the cluster commander. As much as we have cluster commander in the area, and the provincial commissioner's doors is opened, and we are calling for them to report all those allegations. And we believe those allegations will be investigated.
1: Makubela says community tip-offs are taken seriously. He says it's through such tip-offs that they managed to arrest the third suspect in connection with the fatal shooting of Heather Peterson. Her death sparked widespread protests in Westbury against crime and drug-related violence, with other predominantly coloured communities protesting in solidarity. Anthony Williams, from a group calling itself the Gauteng Shutdown Coordinating Committee, says the situation is now about more than just Peterson's case and that more needs to be done to address systemic imbalances.
3: We already achieved the attention of the government. We are here. We are going to continue the offensive against the state until these guys actually sit around the table and have an honest discussion with us and give us an undertaking to look into the serious issues and issues plaguing our community. Westbury is coming online. what has come online. So we are going to keep on rolling it out across different communities until the Premier and the President come and listen to us.
1: For this reason, he says they do not view today shutdown as a failure, even though only two of the 10 communities who promised to join participated. Police will continue to monitor the situation in areas at risk for unrest. I'm Jermaine Kricher in Johannesburg.
0: Now, as you can recall, in Westbury, Johannesburg, the colored community there have been out in the streets demonstrating their unhappiness with gangsterism, crime and drugs. Now, for more on this, we joined on the line uh, by Mr. Mike Bol- Bolhays, who is the specialist investigator. But before we go to Mike, let's first go to our reporter who is in Annadale, Nomsa and Luli. A very good morning to you, Nomsa, and welcome. Can you give us an update as to what is currently happening there in Annadale? I know it's very early.
2: Well, it seems to be business as usual. Um, Elvis and cars are just moving around the street as usual. Um, some who are going to work are making their way there. But what I can tell you is, you know, an indication of what happened yesterday is just these you know, smoldering tires and rubble that's scattered on the street. That's an indication of what exactly was happening there yesterday where these um, protests uh, turned violent. Police had to use rubber bullets to disperse crowds. And I think it's very important to just highlight what these communities are complaining about. They want to be uh, included in economic activities, in In Gauteng, in Johannesburg, they're complaining about gangsterism and, um, you know, drug-related crime in the area, and they're just fed up. And as as you've just said earlier, Elvis, is that these protests in predominantly colored communities, including Eldorado Park and Westbury, were actually sparked by the killing of Heather Peterson, who was, um, you know, caught in a crossfire of gang-related violence in Westbury.
0: Now... The the communities did vow that they will continue until the president as well as David Makura come and address them. Uh, The thoughts so far, and will they continue today, that is?
2: Well, there is no indication that that will happen today, but we will speak to the organisers and we will be monitoring the situation in Ennerdale, Westbury and Eldorado Park.
0: Thank you so much. That's our reporter on the ground, Nomsan Lulu. She's monitoring the, uh, the story there in Ennerdale to see if there's any flare-ups there. But as I indicated earlier, you know that Westbury, Johannesburg, uh, the community there has been also out in the streets demonstrating their unhappiness with gangsterism, crime and drugs in their community. Now, for more on this type of of crimes that are happening in such communities. We're joined on the line by Mike Bollhase, who is a specialist investigator into serious violent and serious economic crimes. Uh, Mr. Bollhase, a very good morning to you and welcome. Uh,
4: thank you for the opportunity.
0: Mike, now as a former cop, uh, would you say that you are surprised by the uprisings in the coloured communities?
4: No, uh, not at all. And I'm actually happy that the communities are doing this. Why? because, uh, Well, enough is enough, isn't it? I mean, when is this government ever going to take crime very seriously? Mm -hmm. It doesn't. So the communities have my full support. I think they should do whatever they need to do to draw this attention because crime, gangsterism, as you've mentioned, there, drug trafficking and all these crimes happening in these communities aren't addressed at all. And Uh, usually the cops are involved as well.
0: mm -hmm. Uh, What are the crimes that you would normally get hired for? And, And do you investigate these type of crimes in these type of communities?
4: Yes, we do. We're a specialist organization dealing with serious violence and serious economic crime. But we're not torch in the dark night. There's only only a few of us, but we need, need many organizations like ourselves working together with the police. But this is not the solution. The solution is that the government takes crime seriously and makes sure that we have a non-corruptive police unit uh, in our country. My concern is, and I'm sorry to say this, that about 80% of the police is corrupt. They mm-hmm. cannot protect and serve. And if you have that scenario, I mean, you're going to have rampant and raving cr- criminals all over the place and crime will, will be rife. It's a lucrative country to commit crime. They can and can get away
0: with it. I mentioned earlier that it seems like communities such as Westbury are being held ransom by these gangsters because they're being intimidated. Uh, they cannot move out of that particular community and they're being threatened by these gangsters. So what, the, what, what Becky Taylor has done, the Minister of Police, is, is take away some of the police and brought in Amar Is that the way to go in order to clean the, the community of these gangsters? It's
4: all good to say these things, but it's another thing to put it into practice and really do it. How many times have we heard people standing up and saying, we're going to do this, and we're going to change this, and we're going to uh, create this, and, and so forth, but they just don't do it. Crime pays. These criminals hold these people uh, ransom, as you've said, because they, they literally— and it's only a small percentage, and they have the guns, they have the infrastructure— they have the know-how, and, and they hold these communi- communities ransom, and they threaten and intimidate them const- constantly. And as I've said, they sometimes get the support or have police involvement, and that's why they get away with this.
0: So, so what needs to happen next, Mike, in communities such as this? What, uh, what else can be done in order uh, to rid the community of the gangs and the drugs?
4: Well, as I've said before, it's very, very important that this government really takes Uh, the public, their people uh, serious. They should really protect and serve. They should really go out of their way. They should see it by now in the last 20 years. Our crime has escalated to such a level that uh, there's so many lives lost. There's so many families broken. There's so much all kinds of crime from cyber crime to uh, violent crimes uh, and, and all other economic crimes. I can give you a list from here to Kingdom Come. This uh, government should have a police force that is zero-tolerant, non-corruptive, and uh, we, should, we should actually start right from the bottom and deal with criminals and not let them have the right uh, to do as they like and get away with this. You know, nowadays, you can literally do anything, and if you go to a police station and report it, they just don't want to take your case. They just don't want to get involved. So the police is corrupt once, and if the police is corrupt... You will not have a protect-and-serve situation in the community, mm-hmm. and that's why I say, go for it, communities. You have no other choice, but do not commit crime yourselves. But do whatever you need to take uh, to do to make this government understand that you do exist, uh, you have a right to, to be protected and to be served by the authorities in this country, and that they're not doing it.
0: Mike, I thank you so much for your time. Mike Bollis is a specialist investigator into serious violent and serious economic crimes. Now, for more on this, we're joined on the line by a resident of Eldorado Park. He's also the convener of the National Khoisan Colored National Consultative Forum, and he's also a social commentator, Dr. Leonard Martin. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome.
3: Good morning, Alvis, and good morning to your
4: listeners. Uh,
0: Doctor, what is your view on one of the issues that was put forward by one of the community leaders on, in, in Westbury that the coloured communities have largely been socially neglected by government?
3: Well, I mean, he's actually stating a, a very uh, controversial truth in the sense that uh, there is a structural inequality that has been developing or becoming open or visible over, over time, especially in the uh, transition from 1994
0: to the present. What, uh, what should government then do in order for the coloured communities not to, feel, not to feel the way that they do, especially when it comes to crime and gangs?
3: Elvis, all these issues are tied up into uh, citizenship. Explain. Are, we having a, are we having a citizenship that actually addresses the saliency of all South Africans in relation to the social, the cultural, the economic, and the political. And that's where the issue of marginalization becomes very stark because it is interwoven structurally with things that were not undone uh, after apartheid.
0: A very important question that we pose to our listeners is why are drugs and gangs a prevalent feature then in so-called colored communities? And how can it be curbed? Your thoughts on that?
3: Well, uh, I I think it should be very clear that in the period running up to the the, uh, transition to apartheid, there were different policies applied by the apartheid government. Those policies failed. What what I'm basically saying is that this issue of gangsterism was there under apartheid and has grown worse since uh, uh, 1994.
0: Are you you suggesting then that uh, there's a a hand from perhaps the state into these gangs?
3: I am am not even insinuating this. I'm saying that it is actually part of the policy that uh, has remained opaque since the apartheid period. Under apartheid, the apartheid government actually left many of these gangs untouched for its own purposes.
0: So why would they do that then, Doctor? And, and, and why would that then be a problem?
3: Well, Elvis, I think we have to say directly, when you do not want uh, communities to experience development, you actually exploit the worst features of uh, uh, underdevelopment and uh, the collapse of communities. It paralyzes communities. It removes the possibility of agency on the part of community members or citizens. Uh, Gangs actually restrict agency uh, in these communities. They restrict the agency to change, and that is what we are witnessing at its worst in our communities.
0: We talked about uh, marginalization, but is there perhaps also then an identity crisis within the the so-called colored communities?
3: Well, put it this way, uh, the South African society has never really come to terms with uh, the colored population. Yeah. It has also never come to terms with how the society was formed in terms of conquest of the Khoisan uh, peoples in this country, and that crossroad, that intersection between the conquest of the Khoisan, the taking of their land, and the emergence of what has been labelled the coloured population, is something the society has never seriously addressed.
0: Is that then a sense that there is no awareness or education around the, uh, the, the population of the, so- of, of, of the descendants of the Khoi and San?
3: Well, I'll just put it this way. Uh, there's been a type of narrative that says racism uh, is really the uh, work of bad people. Hmm. That is incorrect. Racism has been part and parcel of the policy of governments in South Africa. And uh, it's one of those very uh, hidden features that the colored population is still experiencing the uh, backlash of uh, racism.
0: So what then should be done? Especially
3: as far as the identity is concerned.
0: So what then, doctor, should be done, especially when it comes to the social problems and the social ills facing these communities?
3: We we need to have a very uh, direct, open dialogue. The wounds are there for everybody to see. They cannot be hidden and we need to, to reach out to understand the root causes of uh, alienation, uh, social dislocation and underdevelopment in our society.
0: Doctor, thank you so much for your time and joining us. That was a resident of Eldorado Park, the convener of the National Khoisan colored National Consultative Forum and the social commentator, Dr. Leonard Martin.